These days, it's really common to feel overwhelmed by all the responsibilities we have, whether it's our families or our jobs or bills or whatever is piling up around us. At times, that feeling of being overwhelmed can actually become debilitating. And if you're looking for a way to avoid that and to better manage all of those responsibilities and all of those pressures that lead you to that feeling of being overwhelmed, then like us, you're a fit mess. Our guest on this episode, Dr. Samantha Brody, has written a book that comes at a perfect time, not only for you, but particularly for us and most particularly for Zach. It's called Overcoming Overwhelm, Dismantle Your Stress from the Inside Out. Dr. Samantha Brody joins us on this episode of The Fit Mess. This is A Fit Mess with Zach and Jeremy. I'm overwhelmed already. Already? There's too much to talk about. Too many things are going on. We just started. I know. Just, But just getting to this point, with everything we've got going on, with everything you've got going on, I can't believe you're sitting here. I can't believe you're standing, for that matter. Well, I'm not standing. I'm sitting. Well, but just in general, still standing. I would be, if I were in your shoes, I would be curled up in a ball somewhere waiting for uh, someone to come and bail me out of the massive amount of things going on in my life. Funny you should say that because I just read a really good book that oh yeah that is helping me with all of the overwhelm that's going on in my life. What book is that? Uh, Overcoming Overwhelm by Samantha Brody. I found a lot of similarities. If anyone listened to our, our Dave Asprey interview about the book Game Changers, um, very different approach uh, in terms of what the, the content is. But uh, the book is very much a workbook to help you sort of organize all of the things going on in your life. And we'll talk to her about uh, how this book works and, and why it can be such a useful tool. Yeah. Um, so that's coming up in just a few minutes. But uh, you've got a big announcement in terms of uh, uh, what's going on in your life. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a little big. We've got my wife and I and my daughter. We've got some family issues. We're, we're originally from New York and, you know, our parents are getting older and uh, you know, family is our, all of our family is back in New York. Mm-hmm. So we've got some things that have come up and we've decided that we need to relocate back to New York from Seattle here. So it's, it's a big decision. My daughter has never lived anywhere else. So right. she's very nervous about it. But the, uh, the goal was we were going to, we were going to move in June. Mm-hmm of 2019 like end of the school year end of the school year let her finish out the year we didn't we didn't want to introduce her into a new school right um but things kind of fell out of nowhere i got a new job that's back in new york and it just it landed and it all worked out so well the only thing that was a little off is the timing in Mm -hmm. that you know it's mid-january right now and i start my new job in less than two weeks from right now So so i have to go to new york but my family's staying here in Washington for another five months, and it's been a little stressful. Well, and in addition to that, you're moving a family member also from Seattle to New York. Yeah, so that was that was kind of the big thing about it. My mother-in-law lived in—she was in New York. We moved her out here a few years ago, and she has Alzheimer's disease, so mm-hmm. she's been slowly um, progressing in— mm-hmm into uh, another stage of that disease and it's been kind of terrifying to watch but she's at the point now where she needs she couldn't live on her own mm-hmm. and two of her grandkids are back in new york and one is in washington and she just wanted to go home right um, she wanted to be back where she grew up so we found a nice place for her, essentially where she grew up and we moved her over christmas mm-hmm. we got her back anyway and we got her into a, a retirement community 
or retirement facility, but all she brought was a suitcase and she left her whole apartment and my wife and I have had to uh, go in and pack everything up and move move it all and essentially we're moving it to our house so that we can move it with all of our stuff in June so we just right. filled our garage up and you know again thank you to Jeremy for uh, helping us move some of that stuff the other day so just to sum up you're moving basically an entire par- apartment full of stuff into your home so that everything in your home can eventually be moved across the country and meanwhile you're moving across the country, leaving your wife and daughter behind for mm-hmm. the next six months, give or take a few visits back and forth, Yep. and starting a new job, yep. and trying to get this podcast off the ground, yep. and some other projects that we've got working on the side. I don't, I honestly, I don't know how you're doing it. Like, just my normal day-to-day is challenging. Getting, you know, the kids to school, getting to work, doing my job, getting home, Getting the kids, you know, fed and in bed and crashing on the couch yeah. is exhausting. Oh, yeah. And it, you are uprooting your entire life and your entire family's life for this massive undertaking. I I don't know how you're doing it. it well, how I know, should ask you, how are you doing it? It's a great question. Because you're also, you know, aside from all of that, one of the things we talk about on the show is trying to take care of yourself and, and manage all of your stress and manage... You know, diet, exercise, all that. How's that uh, fitting into this equation? Yeah, so it's been interesting, especially since the holidays have, like, come. A lot of this happened over the holidays. So, Mm -hmm. like, and because I had the flu, like, leading up to all of this. Like, I had the flu, uh, knocked my exercise game off, knocked my diet off. The holidays knocked all of that off. Mm -hmm. And then all of this happened. So, I mean, it's it's been really stressful and... I wasn't doing the things I needed to do to take care of myself. So mm-hmm. it was a little frustrating there for about six weeks. Mm-hmm. And now I'm back at a pretty good place where I'm eating okay. I'm starting to exercise a little bit because I really didn't exercise for almost a month. Yeah. And, you know, if I went back into my hardcore workouts, I'd probably die. <laughs> <laughs> so I got to build it up slowly, but I'm just taking a lot of time to make sure I'm going to yoga and I'm taking moments to just breathe. Yeah. Just just a 2 minute break, you know, set a timer on my on my watch for 2 minutes and just sit there and breathe mm-hmm. for 2 minutes. Um the 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 book that we're going to talk about in a little while, Overcoming Overwhelm, it it couldn't have come at a more perfect time, mm-hmm. right, in my life because actually as as I was reading it, I needed to get through the book quickly so that we could talk to the author. Right. But at the same time, I wanted to go through all the exercises. And I just didn't have the time to. And I think that this is going to be really useful for me over the next six months while I'm away from my family and just employing these things. Yeah. And and we talked to her about that, the fact that there are a ton of uh, exercises and, and just ways to to take what you already know, I think, uh, in general about yourself and just to, to really just get it down on paper and help create. I think she even refers to it as creating a compass to to really guide your decision making and to to guide how much you let external factors interfere with your life and and you know if something comes up somebody wants you to do something does this fit with my I think true north I think is what yeah. she refers to it as yep uh, you know and, and is this going to help me get to where I want to be and it just I know for me that I I live in in sort of this uh, 
I don't want to say bubble, but I, I, it's 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 sort of just a, like a moment to moment thing. And, and I have and I have values, and but it's sort of as they come up, they're they're tested or challenged, and then I recognize them. I've never really taken the time to just sort of sit down and write down. Here's who I am. Here's what's important to me, and just to see that on paper, I think yeah. helps guide so much more decision making and and allows you to decide how much of yourself you want to give to things that don't benefit the kind of life you're trying to live. Yeah. Uh, so I think this book is, is a great tool for that. So what's your timeline like? You're, you got a couple weeks left in Seattle. So from right now, I've got about nine days left in Seattle. Mm-hmm. And then I fly out, my car's being shipped. Uh, so hopefully I'll, I'll meet my car and that'll all work out. But, you know, like shipping a car, I, it's not something you do every day. I've done right. it in the past, but... Mm-hmm. It's stressful. Yeah. You know, it's, I don't know, am I going to beat my car there? Am I going to have to pay extra fees? I mean, what's going on? Right. And then we're trying to get together with a moving company. And I mean, these things are not cheap. Mm -hmm. And while I will be reimbursed for a certain port, you know, for a portion of it, it, I have to put money out up yeah. front. And I don't yeah. like spending money. I'm a frugal. <laughs> so I see these big dollar amounts and I'm just like, ah. Yeah. Uh, well, and and speaking of that, uh, you're also putting your house on the market. So, I mean, selling a house yep. on its own, a massively stressful undertaking. So, yeah, and we have to, we're going to sell our house in May or put it on the market in May, but I'm leaving in less than two weeks. So, you know, I just met with a guy yesterday who I have to hire to finish all the projects around the house that I'm not going to be able to finish because I won't be there. All those things that you were going to get to one day. Yeah, All of a sudden, it, you've got like two months to exactly. knock them so, out. Well, my wife will be living in the house that we wanted to live in for like a month. And then, <laughs> and then time to go. That's the exact same way it happened when we sold our That's last house. That's always the way, though. That's all like you you put off these little projects. I, my house is the same way. I've got patches of drywall everywhere uh, that, that have been like patched. And now there's just this big white splotch. We need to like repaint basically everything. Uh, our entire downstairs needs to be repainted. There's all these things. It's like, ah. Can't really afford it right now. We can't really we can't really make the time. The kids are in the way. Blah blah blah. Uh, and I know that if we were in the same same position, that we'd knock it out in a, in a week or two and go, man, this place is really nice. Too bad somebody else is going to live here. Yeah, exactly. It's Enjoy it for a couple of weeks and then <sighs> the worst. So I won't even be around to uh, to help my wife with that. So that's definitely stressful. You're you're okay with that though. <laughs> There's a certain part of me that's just like, ah, uh, yeah, you know, I can make some phone calls and right. I can I can pay money to people to do the things, right. but happy to help from afar. You know, I, I do feel bad. <laughs> no, it's, of course you do, but sometimes I know for me, there's there's definitely projects where it's like, ah, oh, yeah, I would help, but darn it all, anyways. It's it's kind of like waiting till all of the dishes are done to say, hey, can I can I lend a hand in the kitchen? Yes, which I've done often. <laughs> I like that trick. Yes, it's a good one. It's, uh, it's as though I care, but not really. Uh, all right. We should get to our guest, Dr. Samantha Brody. We, uh, we've been talking a lot about this overwhelming situation that Zach is going through. I'm sure you can relate on some level. So how do you deal with it? How do you cope? And, and are you overwhelmed or are you experiencing overwhelm? There, there is a bit of a difference. So we started our interview with Dr. Brody by asking her about the term overwhelm as she writes about it and what it means. I think about overwhelm not as simply the feeling of overwhelm that we will 
we will typically cons- we, we, the, not typically the feeling when we say, okay, I'm just I'm overwhelmed right now. So that is one part of overwhelm. But overwhelm can manifest in many, many different ways for people. It can manifest with headaches. It can manifest with fatigue. It can manifest with anxiety or depression. It can manifest with whatever your weak spot is, because overwhelm the way that I frame it is not necessarily a feeling, but it's the result of having too many things going on at once in not just the main areas of stress that we think about, but overall in our lives. I think that's really interesting because yeah, I've been doing a lot of uh, sort of uh, healing and I've been on, on a bit of a journey to, to better my health in every area. And I've battled depression all of my life. Mm. And I think just really in the last year or two, at some point I discovered that it that the trigger is overwhelm, whether it's uh, emotional or or task oriented, whatever it is. If if the storm gets too uh, busy, I I just functionally I just shut down emotionally. Mm-hmm. Everything and I and I really I need someone to like take me by the hand and pull me out because I I just get to a point where I'm just broken and I don't know where to go. That's hard. I I will say that one of the things in the book that I specifically work on with folks is to look at lowering the load in areas where you do have control that it's easy, but not in necessarily in the areas that feel overwhelming to allow more space and room to be able to then be able to then I guess I'll say, you know, kind of go with the flow of how things are happening. Now, of course, there's a brain chemistry issue that comes with depression, which has to be addressed as well in many cases. But, you know, sometimes it's not necessarily saying, okay, this thing is overwhelming me, the new podcast or the, you know, the pile on my desk, but it's the food you're putting in your body or the not getting enough sleep or the conversation you need to have with your partner or even just, you know, limiting your kid's screen time so you don't fight as much or, you know, whatever that is. Looking at trying to identify what the things are that you do have control over that aren't necessarily the things that you think you would need to or want to address. Yeah, no, that that makes sense. So as I was reading your book, though, I almost felt overwhelmed by all of the things that I could do to help myself. Yeah. You know, and, and just going through that, you know, I, w- I wanted to ask you, you know, what is it about your book and your specific, specific program that, that lets people get through that to, to get past the overwhelming? I think that it can seem daunting and overwhelming when you do start to enumerate all of the different stresses in your life and look at what you may be able to change because it's in many different areas. But the book specifically looks at first identifying what's most what's most important to us. So what our core values are, how we want to feel in our bodies, how we want to feel emotionally. I call that our true north. And once we identify that, then when you start looking at the stresses, which is the second part of the, well, the third part, the second part is kind of getting your mindset ready to do it uh, and knowing how you make change best. But once you start looking in this third step of the book, it's a four-step plan, at all of the different stresses you have, it can seem overwhelming, except for that when you now have a, you have a way to vet what's most important because you have these words. You have what's important to me is family. What's important to me is feeling, you know, one person may want to feel energetic. Another person may want to feel at ease. And so you're more able to vet which things to do that are most important. And we go through one thing at a time, right? Here are the stresses. Is this something that's non-negotiable to change? Is this something that's, you know, low hanging fruit? Is it something that has high impact? And, you know, going through the exercise in the book, literally allows you to be able to make those choices more easily. And I know, you know, before we started recording, we were talking about that, you know, you, you want to have a ton of time to go through all these exercises and, you know, what, 
what we can do though is take baby steps and say, all right, here's this one thing that I know is bothering me, just this one little thing and shifting that, which allows you to A, feel accomplished, B, take control and C, be able to vet your choices moving forward better as you're more clear about what's most important. So you don't end up with so many things on your list ultimately that don't line up with your values. And that's where we ultimately get overwhelmed. So it's really a dismantling. It's taking it apart. It's, you know, pulling it into its pieces in order to be able to really make choices because there's so much going on. That's modern life, right? Totally. And, and that's sort of the thing that stood out to me as I was going through this book is, is I thought kind of the same thing, like, man, this is this is a, a lot of work, just like any journey toward healing or, or whatever would be. But what I found, uh, I guess, that I most connected with was that I felt like you are basically uh, helping the reader acknowledge all of this is going on in my head anyways. Like I'm, I'm already dealing with all this, but just in an unhealthy way that that doesn't help me on uh, a specific goal or, or a specific path. This right. just sort of helps you find that roadmap. It helps you figure out how much of this do I really need to deal with and how much can I let go? That was sort of my takeaway. Right. And, you know, and the great thing is that there are, and there are many, you know, you can walk away with that takeaway. You can walk away with the takeaway of I can't fail at self-care. You can walk away with the takeaway of my values are the most important thing. I need to pay more attention to that. And so the book is very individualized, right? So you're going to be able to find what you need in it. And it's not, you know, I've made a very strong effort to have it not be this kind of dogmatic. Here is exactly what you need to do to make things better, which so commonly happens in the self-help world is that someone says, okay, here's my solution. And that solution can get, you know, you know, should be applied by everyone. And ultimately we, what we each need, this is very naturopathic. I'm a naturopathic physician and, you know, it's very naturopathic to say, okay, what, you know, how do we approach this holistically and what does this person need? And that, that's really what I'm shooting for here. No, that makes sense. Yeah. And uh, I wanted to ask you though, everyone is their own person and the solution that, that I get from your book is going to be different from the solution that Jeremy gets from the book. Right. But, you know, the very first part of it is finding your true north. It seems like everyone is going to have to do that and figure out what that true north is. So can you tell me what that means and why that's so important? Absolutely. True north, I, for me, is about knowing what's most important to us. And that's about what our values are and how we want to feel. And I'm actually going to provide uh, for you guys, for your listeners, the first exercise in the book, which is the first part of the true north uh, process is looking at what your core values are. And I think that it's so often we feel like we know what's most important to us, but we don't really take the time to dive into it. And I had, you know, one reader who said, I thought I knew exactly what was important. And when I did this exercise, I found that it wasn't what I thought it was, although it, it wasn't surprising. And just doing that one exercise made a big difference for him. And that actually allowed him more room to start working some of the other exercises the book where when he, you know, when he first picked it up and kind of just scanned through it went, oh my gosh, this is, you know, I don't want to put this time and energy. I don't have the kind of time and energy to do this. But the, you know, understanding what's most important to us is fundamentally really the way we want to vet all of our choices, you know, from the small things to, you know, the small things of what am I going to have for breakfast to the big things of where am I going to live? I guess I, I'm also just kind of curious, how did you how did you get into this field? What is it about this that because I know you've been you've been stu studying and working in this field for a long time. How did you get uh, pulled to this area? 
My, so I'm a naturopathic physician and acupuncturist in the state of Oregon. That gives me primary care scope of practice, although I don't tend to work in primary care. This is my 22nd year in my practice. And what I found was that all of my patients, you know, there were, everyone gets diagnosed with something different and everyone has a different approach. But what I found is that fundamentally, when I was doing this work with people, helping them identify their values, how they wanted to feel, really looking at their stresses and what was the most important thing to address, because nobody can do it all, right? Often people will go to see a naturopathic physician or some other kind of, um, you know, health practitioner who will give them this, you know, litany of things to do. And they're like, I can't, do, you know, I can't do all of that. Of course, we should do all those things, but that's not going to happen. And what I found is that working these exercises in my practice with my patients and online with my virtual clients, who, who I see, you know, I can see people anywhere as long as I'm not diagnosing or treating on the internet. Um, I was able to help guide them in a way that they were able to make more positive choices. So I went, all right, how do I bring this to more people? And I was doing speaking and then I went, all right, it's, you know, it needs to be a book. And so it was really a process of systematizing what I actually do face to face with people and figure out how I can give them this so they can then go forward in whatever way that they're going forward in their lives with that personal growth, you know, type of thing, right? You, you're making changes for your health, but how do we do that? And what's most important and what is, you know, how do we make these long game changes instead of just a short term, okay, I'm going to go on the, this diet or that diet or, you know, start something and then not continue it. It, it seems like these days everyone is overwhelmed and we've got way too much going on. And mm. I, I saw a video, a short video that you did basically saying that, you know, everyone is overwhelmed and they're just, some people are hiding it better than others maybe. You know, do you think that in today's day and age, people are more overwhelmed than they ever were and we need different tactics to deal with that? Or, you know, is it, is it just something that's always been there and we're now just starting to uncover it? That's a really interesting question. I think that you know, I think that we've always had many challenges like humans. I think we often think, oh, well, this is the hardest time because we're in it. But ultimately that, you know, as humans through time, we always have many challenges from, you know, where is my next meal going to come from to, you know, where, what am I going to, whatever they are, you know, how, how am I going to get to the next village if this village is being, you know, burned to the ground or, you know, the major big things that have caused stress over time has, you know, I don't think we're under more stress now, particularly. However, I will say that modern culture in America anyway, is very, um, the ex the cultural expectations that we have that we take from what we see in the media and what it appears to be expected of us is very much to create a life where we have a million things going on and to take other people's needs ahead of our own so often, you know, especially for women, you know, we're often, but for men too, in some cases, made to feel guilty about engaging in self-care, right? And all of these pressures and societal ideals that we are supposed to ascribed to is it's impossible. And I do think that part of that is the multitasking culture. Part of it is the number of hours we're expected to work, um, how connected we're expected to be, how, how we don't have community the same way to help us out. You know, a hundred years ago, you would never be in the house with your kid for six hours. You would be, you know, you'd shoo your kid outside or your kid would be working or, you know, the pressure that we put on ourselves to live a life that is, you know, looks a certain way, I think is related to modern culture for sure. For sure. So sort of on the opposite side of that coin, uh, 
I am really good at delegating things. I'm really good at, at deciding what's worth my time and what's not. Uh, oftentimes, uh, I'm, I'm more selfish than I am more worried about other people's needs, and uh, to a fault, uh, certainly lately. But I, I find that I actually have an abundance of time where I'm trying to, fit, trying to then prioritize, man, if I were doing something, what, you know, how, how best could I use this time? And I almost get overwhelmed with trying to come up with, you know, what what should I be doing to make the most of this downtime? Have you have you come across that sort of perspective? It's it's interesting. Again, you know, when I said kind of women, I think that's a very typical, you know, that that's more common, I think, for men than for women as a rule um, that, you know, just because of our cultural expectations. And so I, I have I do see that. And the process works the same way, right? You you want to have your eye on how you want to feel and what's most important, and then you have this you know litany of things that you should or could be doing. And ultimately, what you're trying to do is to create space. Exactly, you know, I mean, you're, that's exactly right. You're trying to create space in order to then slot things in that look that that make you feel the way you want to feel that make your life look like what you want your life to look like and so if you do have an abundance of time which again is the exception rather than the rule it happens i think having you know knowing what's most important makes it much easier to choose what to do with that time but the other thing is you can't really waste time right i think that you can make choices that don't line up with your values but but you know time isn't something that you can use or waste it's not a commodity it's a cycle right we're able to say this and um, what do i want to fill this space up the same way that you would fill up a room right what do i want to how do i want to fill this space and if you're consciously making choices and then taking this kind of guilt off of yourself, right? This, the piece where you're feeling badly about what if I choose the wrong thing to do? Uh, but it may be that you're, you're, yeah, I mean, it's great to have that. I mean, what a great problem. Right? <laughs> a great I, know. Problem to I know. Have. I'm very spoiled by it. And, and I was very excited when I started reading your book and started really understanding the approach that, that you're offering and seeing how it can be beneficial to me, because that is the thing is, I often don't feel like I know where I'm headed. It's just it's always sort of, you know, swinging to the next vine or just putting one foot in front of the other. And the the exercises that you've laid out in this book, I know are going to be really beneficial in helping me figure out what it is I'm actually walking towards instead of just trying to stay upright. Right. You know that uh, uh, Lewis Carroll quote with uh, uh, the Cheshire cat and Al says, where, you know, which way should I go? And then the Cheshire cat says, you know, it's obviously, it's just not a quote, but you know, the Cheshire cat says, well, wherever you're, you know, it depends where you want to end up. Exactly. You know, at a fork in the road. And so being clear about what's most important allows you to make those choices better. I mean, there's, there's always, there's great benefit in wandering as long as you know, ultimately how, you know, where, how you want to feel. You don't necessarily have to say, this is exactly where I want to end up. Uh, but you do want to in the process feel good. I mean, you would hate to feel stressed and worried all the time or more than you need to, because you don't have your eye necessarily on the specific thing, right? How can I feel better in the moment? Even if this isn't this isn't going to get me to a goal, but it's going to get me to a feeling in right now, which is how I want to feel. Because ultimately, you just have the, t you know, we have the time that we have and how, what do we want that to look like for ourselves and our loved ones is really the, underneath it all is what we're shooting for is what, how do, you know, how do we make choices in our lives that, that have, help us be the best 
person that we can be for our loved ones. And that means making healthy food choices. It means exercising. It means, you know, whatever it is for you that's most important to feel your best. Exactly. Dr. Brody, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for this book and thank you for your work in this field. I, I can tell this is going to be a, a, a big, uh, a, a very useful tool in, in my journey forward. Thank you so much. I appreciate you guys having me on. Thank you so much. All right. Again, the book is Overcoming Overwhelm, Dismantle Your Stress from the Inside Out. It is available now. I've got uh, I've got an old-fashioned paper copy in my hands, which uh, I normally don't do. I'm a big audiobook guy, but uh, with a book like this where it is a little bit more of a workbook where there's practices and exercises and things to do, uh, pick up the paper copy. It's uh, it's handy to, to, to write in and, and throw around and, and throw in your backpack and take it with you and, and spend a few minutes working on uh, on yourself. Uh, now I've noticed Zach, I, I don't think, I don't know, I don't know why this seems different. I don't think I've seen you wearing a wedding ring for a while, but you're wearing one today. Ah, uh, yes. I found it finally. Well, uh, you lost your wedding ring. I lost my wedding you ring. You insensitive. Well, so when, when my wife and I got married, I was, I was quite a bit heavier mm-hmm. I was probably about 60 pounds heavier mm-hmm. at the time. And it just doesn't, it's made of titanium, so I can't resize it and it just falls off. So whenever I go swimming, I have to take it off. Otherwise, it'll just go flying off in the pool. Right. And, and you're otherwise walking around with a fist all the time to make sure you... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> doesn't fall off. So um, over, the, over the holidays, my wife and I went back to New York, and one of the things we had to do was find an apartment for me to live in for five or six months. And, you know, we, we, I put a deposit down on this one apartment, and the landlord and I were talking, and he, he's like... Ah, oh, this will be great. You know, the this apartment over here is a big building with with a bunch of apartments in mm. it. But he's like, you know, this apartment over here has you know three three girls in it, and that apartment over there has three girls in it, and you'll be the only guy in the house. <laughs> and my wife didn't seem too happy about that. <laughs> um, so as we were leaving, she was like, "All right, that's it. We are either going to find your wedding ring, or you're getting a new one, but you're not moving in here without a wedding ring on." So we got uh, we got back, and she kind of tore the house apart, <laughs> and and we found my wedding ring. And of course, it's still the titanium one that doesn't fit. Right. So it's you know easily lost. Sure. So I'm actually taking a look at some of these health tracking rings to see if I can get one of those because my watch is. Fit. I like the health tracking nature of like a smartwatch, mm-hmm. but. I don't really need a watch, and I don't like the interruptions and things like that. So, I want to see if I can spend the money if my wife will let me. Yeah. On you know, I think there's one called Aura. Mm-hmm. Well, I think uh, if you make a case that well, I, you know, I'm at risk of losing this one in a house full of young college-aged women. Yes. Uh, I really, I think I should get something that fits a little better. Exactly. To, to protect, you know, myself and you. Yes, really. and I can share the data with her so right. she can see that I'm wearing it. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I'm sure that's her top priority is to check your heart rate at any random moment. Exactly. <laughs> uh, all right, well. Let the challenge begin. It's challenge time. We went a little easy on you last time with the, with the challenge because it was a stressful time for everybody and uh, for Zach increasingly so. Um, so I will challenge you, Zach, because of all the things that, that we've laid out here that you have going on, this huge move, moving your mother-in-law, starting a new job, all these things. Uh, you did a good job over the weekend of asking for help. I'm going to challenge you to do it again. You cannot do this alone. Well, you can because you're a freak, superhuman monster. <laughs> but 
it would be easier sure on you. Take that. It would be easier on you and your family if you ask for help at least once between now and the next show. Yep. I think that's that's I don't like asking for help. I mm-hmm. I take pride in the fact that I can to, that I need to do everything myself and uh, yeah, it's a great it's a great challenge. It's going to be a little tr- it's going to be tough for me to do, but at the same time you know, I, I think I'm going to put one caveat on that, though. Okay. I need to ask for help from someone other than my wife because I, right. I am more than comfortable asking my wife for help right. for something. But, you know, I need to reach out more and, and just know that I can't do everything myself. Mm-hmm. It's, it causes a lot of undue stress. Well, and I mentioned you did over the weekend. You asked me to help you move uh, some of this stuff. And uh, it, w- it was funny because so often when you – help someone move there's at some point there's a beer enjoyed mm-hmm. and in in our case no exception because of our sponsor bravest brewing it's it, you know we talk about this every time but it's so interesting how even though there's no real amount of alcohol in it it totally substituted that feeling of being able to just relax for a minute take a break have a beer with your friend and then get back to work so uh, again thank you to bravest brewing uh, I believe what was it? we had the uh, the amber we had the amber ale and mm-hmm. I actually was you know as I was drinking it I was like you know this is in the past when I've helped people move or or moved myself and would, like take a beer break I mean mm-hmm. even one beer will have some kind of an intoxicating effect on right. you right and then you go lift heavy stuff right and I was thinking about it when we were drinking and I was like you know what I'm having a break having a beer and I have I don't have to worry about like going back to moving the stuff and making a mistake and dropping right. something, and breaking there, something. And usually there would be that sort of uh, it has a numbing effect, and so you get out there and you're a little bit slower, a little bit more tired, and a little bit more worn out. Not in this case because it's basically straight carbs, so it just fires uh, <laughs> yeah, you right back energy. up. So, uh, so that was good. So thank you again to Bravest Brewing for uh, for hooking us up with that. So with that, we're just about out of show for this week. Yeah, but one thing that I do want to bring up before we go is, you know, I am moving and, you know, we're doing the show uh, in person and I've been asked several times by people who listen to the show and know me personally whether or not we're going to continue on with the show. Mm -hmm. And I just want to let everyone know that, yes, we are continuing with the show. Jeremy and I have been testing out uh, some software to allow us to do it remotely. And I I mean, a lot of people who do podcasts, they just... They're not in the same room. They yep. don't, they're not in a professional broadcast studio like we happen to be. Right. But, uh, so the show will continue. It might sound a little bit different, but it will continue. Yeah. Hopefully the the quality won't suffer um, in terms. Of, well, certainly not in terms of content. The you know technically it's 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 always a little bit iffy, but we're you know like you said we're testing out different things, so we'll make sure we get the the best option available. Um, but this show is important to us, uh, not only because of uh, being able to help you, the listener, but I know for me, it helps me. It keeps me accountable. It keeps me in check with myself and, and knowing you know, kind of where I'm at so that when I come sit in front of this microphone, I can be as open with you and, and uh, authentic about my experience and, and my challenges and struggles. Um, and, and knowing that I have to do that sort of keeps me in a good mental space to, to keep tabs on myself. So the show is important to me. It's important to Zach, and uh, I hope that it uh, is mean, at least mean, meaningful or helpful for you. So with that, we're about done. The website is thefitmess.com. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. And, uh, and please do uh, email us, uh, info at thefitmess.com, if you have any feedback. 
Uh, and you can always you know, leave ratings and reviews in the various places where you can get your podcasts. But uh, for now, that's it. We will be back in a couple of weeks at thefitmess.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, thanks for listening. We will talk to you then. See you, everyone. We know this podcast is amazing and does not seem to lack anything. But we still need a legal disclaimer. Jeremy and Zach are not doctors. Please consult your physician prior to implementing any changes that you heard on this podcast. The listener assumes that Jeremy and Zach do not know what they're talking about and that you'll do your own research on the topics talked about in this podcast. The hosts of this podcast are not liable for any physical or emotional issues that might occur directly or indirectly as a result of listening to this podcast.